Uh, my name is Carla Chestnut. I am on staff here at Orchard, and uh, it's always really fun to be here at BASIC, to be a part of the community for a night. And uh, I just want you guys to know like, how much you matter to a town like Cedar Falls, how much we miss you when you're gone. Summers, you're, it's really quiet. Uh, we want, I want to say thank you for all the ways that you serve and you give um, in the community, you know, at Chaos and in all the places you work and all the places you're learning. So just thank you. We're so glad you're, you're here. All right, new series tonight. It's called Transformed. And uh, we're going to kick it off by this question. What comes into your mind when you hear the word transformation or transformed? Do you think of like caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly? Do you think of Bumblebee or Optimus Prime? Do you think of all of the characters that we get to watch be transformed in our favorite books and movies and television shows? So I'm thinking of people like, characters like Sam and Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Thinking about um, people like Monica and Rachel and Chandler and Ross from Friends. Thinking about John Booker from, anybody know? Outer Banks, I heard it over there. What about every character in Bridgerton? I took a deep dive into like Bridgerton musical on TikTok this week. That's really good, you should check it out. Um, but transformation, transformed. So the goal of this series is to focus on spiritual transformation, not just as an idea or a concept, but like as reality because transformation is real. Transformation is the expected outcome for anyone who follows Jesus. The expected outcome. Transformation is a journey that takes time, right? A butterfly doesn't just in the blink of an eye, or a caterpillar doesn't just in the blink of an eye turn into a butterfly. It has to go on a journey, and part of that journey includes the butterfly stage. So transformation is a journey. The journey requires us to show up and to pay attention. Show up and pay attention. So hopefully, throughout this series, we will encourage you to show up for your life, to really show up for that transformation, that journey of transformation. So, just like good books and movies and television, have characters that we can watch transform. The Bible is also full of characters that we get to follow and we get to watch transform. And Peter is one of these people that we get to watch. Um, Peter first met Jesus about the same age, maybe a little bit younger than most of you in the room tonight. And this is where we see um, Peter meeting Jesus. It'll be on a slide. It'll be also be uh, in the Bible in Matthew 4, 18 through 20. So it says, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed Jesus. And then we get to watch Peter all throughout the New Testament as he is transformed. And one of the things that you'll notice as his life unfolds is his life is a series of successes followed by failures. 
just over and over again. I'll just tell you a few of them. One day, Peter was in a boat with his friends, and Jesus comes out walking on the water and, and says, come on, come out. And Peter just gets out of the boat, starts walking on the water, and then he just freaks out and sinks. Another time, Peter turned to Jesus and said, I will never turn my back on you. I will never leave you. And a few hours later, he denied Jesus three times. The last time he denied Jesus, he swore, and he said, I don't even know the man. After receiving the Holy Spirit, Peter preached a sermon pointing people to Jesus all over the place. The sermon was incredible, and 3,000 people decided to follow Jesus as a result. And then, a few years after that, Peter brought the gospel message of Jesus to a bunch of people that had never even heard of Jesus. And many of them decided to follow Jesus. And then Peter, after they started following Jesus, would not sit down and eat a meal with them because he was afraid that his religious friends would think poorly of him for eating with them. Peter showed up for his life. And he was transformed by Jesus' grace and Jesus' love through his failure and success. So that's the first thing I want you to know about the journey of transformation. People who are being transformed fail as much as they succeed. So, <laughs> is that idea stressful to you? It's a little bit stressful for me. People who are being transformed fail more as much as they succeed, sometimes more. Failure is a part of life. You have to just get used to it. Everyone you ever know is going to let you down in some way, big or small. Just so glad I'm here tonight. You're going to let your own self down in big and small ways. Imperfect, failing people are the only kind of people that exist. And you and I, we all fail as much as we succeed and it's just called showing up for your life. So here is one of my many failures. I can't believe I'm gonna tell you this. Okay, so I love being outside, I love the water, I like to kayak, I live on the river, actually my neighbors are in the back right now with my husband, Sean, and one day I went out in my kayak and there were all of these mama ducks and they were swimming with these little fuzzball yellow ducklings beside them and I decided I wanted some ducks. So I was in my kayak and I chased down a mother duck and I stole four of her babies. <laughs> and then I brought them home. And my family could not believe I did it. I couldn't believe I did it. As I was doing it, I was like, you are not going to do this. And I did it anyway. It was like being in a Disney movie. When I got out on the shore to chase the mama duck, I put my big old foot down, and there was a bullfrog right there in the bank, and it was like he looked up at me and said, oh no, you're not gonna go steal those babies, and I did it anyway. People who are being transformed fail as much as they succeed. Jesus knows it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they knew it, all the writers of the Old Testament knew it. If you're reading the Bible and look, you're looking for perfect people to imitate, you just need to go read another book because Jesus is the only perfect one. So we're gonna look at a little snippet of uh, Peter's transformation. It's found in John chapter 21. And this just gives us a peek into Peter's journey. So you can turn to it now if you have your Bible. It's kind of like towards the end of the book, John chapter 21. So this is the context. 
This story takes place after Jesus has already died and been resurrected, and Jesus has appeared to uh, Peter and the other disciples several times, usually at a time when they least expected it. And we remember Jesus is, or Peter is probably like two or three weeks out from denying Jesus before he was, as he was arrested and um, hung on the cross and died. So Peter is probably pretty discombobulated right now. And I wonder if Peter thought that Jesus was no longer available to him. So then, then this story. This is John 21. It says this. Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and he revealed himself in this way. So Peter was with six other disciples at this time. So the first thing we want to notice in this story is that they aren't in a quiet room in prayer when Jesus reveals himself to them. They aren't at a church event like basic or they aren't um, in small group. Peter's not having a quiet time with God. It happens by the sea. And this is just a place that Peter probably would have been all the time in his life. This was just a normal place for Peter. So uh, this is one of my favorite things about the story. Scholars believe that this story is in the Bible because it's a picture of how Jesus will reveal himself to people like us thousands of years later. That's why John really wanted it in the Bible. So as you read along, as you listen, remember that this story is, is meant to help you and me anticipate how Jesus is going to reveal himself to us as we pay attention to our life on our journey of transformation. So goes on. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. So if you were Peter and you felt like you'd really let Jesus down and you didn't think there was probably anything you could do about it, wouldn't you want to go do something you were pretty sure you were going to be good at? You know, Peter's a fisherman. And he goes out with his friends and they fish all night and they catch nothing. Yeah, we'll go fishing with you, Peter. But they go out and they fish all night and they catch nothing. It'll catch up. So remember, failure and nothing, that's a really good landscape. That's a really good place for Jesus to reveal himself, for you to be transformed. Nothing. Peter and his friends couldn't even catch one fish. So what does nothing or failure look like in your life? Have you tried out for a spot on a sports team? We don't call them sports teams, but have you tried out for a sports team? And, or have you applied to a school, a scholarship, a job, a grad program, and just heard nothing? There's nothing. Have you ever made it painfully obvious to the person you have a crush on that you're like into them? Do you guys still call it a crush? I wondered this, so I looked it up, like, are there current names for a crush? And I learned this. <laughs> okay, are you ready? A crush can now be called a heart fart. <laughs> that was new to me. And then there's the classic bay, which I already knew. And then I like this one a lot. Did you know your crush can be called princess, your princess peach? I love that one. I think my husband is my princess peach. How do you feel about that? Whatever you call it. Have you ever shown, like made it obvious or told a person that you're into them and then just nothing? Failure, nothing moments 
are the perfect environments for transformation. And not just failing when you're trying to do something or failing at romance, which really sucks, but moral failures, right? Like stealing ducks from their mom. <laughs> or moral failures, you know, like those times when nothing good and plenty of bad comes from your actions. These are the moments. These are the moments that Jesus will reveal himself to us. We can expect it. We can count on it. So back to the story. After a night of fishing with his friends, they've caught nothing, and we learn this. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And I love this because this line is for us. We get more information about the story than the people who were in the story. They didn't realize that it was Jesus. And then Jesus called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? And they reply, no, which I really like. <laughs> I think that's just really funny. No, we don't. But I want you to think about what's happening here. These guys have been out all night. They haven't caught anything, and Jesus is there. He's interested in what they're doing. He says, friends, how did the night of fishing go? So if this story is in the Bible, so we have a picture of how Jesus will reveal himself to us 2,000 years later, it means Jesus also stands on the shore of your life. Jesus also stands on the shore of my life, and he's interested in what we're doing. It's, is that hard for you to believe? That Jesus is just merely interested in your life. People who are being transformed fail as much as they succeed and they expect Jesus to be present and interested in their life. So what would it look like for you in your success, in your failure, to expect loving, grace-filled, kind Jesus to be present and interested in how things are going in your life. Is this even your version of Jesus? Interested in your life, outside of church, outside of basic, outside of small group, outside of any praying that you're doing, outside of any churchy kind of activity, just interested in your life when you're succeeding and when you're failing. Jesus is present and interested. So he asked them, friends, haven't you any fish? And they just say no. And then he says this to them. Cast the net. This is at the bottom. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. It was early in the morning. They'd been fishing all night. They hadn't caught anything. They had to think, why does this guy want us to put the net out on the other side of the boat? It doesn't make any sense. And fishing nets were really heavy and they were easily tangled. And have you ever tried to like move a heavy, easily tangled item on a boat with seven other people? I mean, it just isn't easy to do. But they did it. They did it. He said to them, cast the, the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So it appears to me that even though there was a whole night of unsuccessful fishing. They were still coachable. What? How does that work? So the third thing I want you to remember is that people who are being transformed are coachable. 
They take try the other side of the boat suggestions. So that makes me ask a question to myself. Do I want Jesus to reveal himself to me? How coachable am I? So I want you to think about what you're going through. Just what you're going through right now. And how do you respond when people you trust and people who care about you ask you how you're doing? How are things going? Haven't you any fish? How about when you're in the middle of a failure? How coachable are you in the midst of a failure? Because it's easier to run, it's easier to hide, it's easier to pretend like you don't really even care than it is to be open and coachable from the people who care about you. So what does it look like for you to be open to a caring coach in a moment of failure? Because I believe this story is telling us that 2,000 years later, Jesus is coaching us from the shore of our life. It's what he offers us. So with Jesus as your coach, what would change? What would change in your life if you saw Jesus as your coach? If you expected Jesus to be interested in your life? Ready and willing to make suggestions while you fail and when you have nothing, what would change? Would it change the way you read the Bible or even the reasons you read the Bible? Would it change the way you pray? Would it change the way you show up in your life? Would you begin to turn to Jesus looking for a try the other side of the boat suggestion? Would that become like normal for you? Would you trust Jesus to make a suggestion even when you're tired? and you don't feel like it. So I just wanna pause for a minute here and I wanna just talk to anybody who's never really considered Jesus or you aren't sure that you even want Jesus to forgive you or you're not sure if you want Jesus to reconcile you to God, but maybe you're ready. You're ready to be loved and forgiven, just like that song we sang before we started. All you have to do is right now or later when you're home alone, is just give all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Jesus. It doesn't even have to be that much. That's all it takes. He's ready and he's waiting for you. He's interested in your life. If you take that step, either tonight or you take that step later when you're home, will you just be sure that you tell someone? Because it's something that really needs to be celebrated. It's like a celebration here on earth and it's a celebration in heaven. So let's go back to the story. Peter and his friends listened to this guy on the shore because remember, they don't know it's Jesus. And they tried his suggestion. They caught so many fish, they couldn't even really pull it into the boat. And then all of a sudden, John, Peter's friend, he just realizes it's Jesus. He looks at Peter, he points at Jesus, and he says, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he threw himself out into the sea, not in despair. He's just making the beeline for Jesus, right? And the other disciples... They come along in the boat and they're dragging the net full of fish and when they get to the shore, Jesus has a charcoal fire going. He has them go get some of the fish and he says, come and have breakfast. Then he breaks the bread, gives them the fish and they have a meal together. So people who are being transformed fail as much as they succeed. They expect Jesus to be present and interested in their life. They're coachable and they follow a Jesus 
who says, come and have breakfast. So if you trust Jesus to forgive you, if you trust Jesus to reconcile you to God, if you trust Jesus for your eternity, but you don't think that Jesus would make breakfast for you on the beach after a long night, you need to take a closer look at Jesus. His life is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. So if you're like, okay, I get that. Come and have breakfast, that's cool. But what does that look like in my real life? For me, it looks like this. When I'm in my kayak, not stealing baby ducks, I come around a bend in the river, and it's like an hour before sunset, and everything is golden. And there's a family of otters playing on the shore. And I'm just surrounded by the beauty of God's creation. I just say thanks for breakfast, Jesus. I can touch this, I can feel this, I can see this, I can immerse myself in this. Come and have breakfast looks like this for me. My friends of 20 years bring me a Diet Coke and give me a hug when I'm having a hard time showing up for the hard parts of my life. Or those same friends Venmo my kids 50 bucks when they have COVID, just so they can get takeout. Thanks for breakfast, Jesus. Or I have a day experiencing new things through the eyes of my grandkids, their wonder and their joy and their laughter. That's, that's something I can hold on to. That's like food for my soul. Thanks for breakfast, Jesus. Peter was transformed that morning on the beach. It was part of his journey during breakfast with real food that Jesus made for him on a charcoal fire. And he learned that Jesus was still with him in his failure and his success. And his kind and caring coach would not leave him on that journey. And Peter had a big journey. He was going to spread the good news of Jesus to the entire world. So what about you? Can you think of a time you've experienced, like, come and have breakfast from Jesus? How can you watch for those moments, like in your everyday life, not your church activity life, just your real that's your real life, but you know what I'm saying. You're outside a church life. So I'm thinking about you guys, and I'm thinking, are some of you facing a big transition coming up where maybe you don't know where you're going to live or what you're going to be doing in a couple months? I bet some of you are there right now. Or are some of you thinking, I think I want to change my major just one more time? Who is a person you could turn to and talk about that with and then when they stop and they really listen and they're with you and they try to understand and they just try to be with you that's a come and have breakfast moment and have you ever feared or avoided a professor like he's he or she's scary and then you decide to go into their office and they greet you really warmly and then they're interested in you and your future that's a come and have breakfast moment so Jesus stands on the shore of your life He's present and he's interested and he wants to walk out this journey of transformation with you and he wants you, he wants me to show up and to pay attention to your life, to my life because transformation is a wild ride and you're probably already getting some sense of that now. So before the band comes up and we sing together, I want you to take a few minutes and I want you to just think about Jesus standing on the shore of your life. What is that? What happens in you when you think about that? Is that a good feeling or is that a bad feeling? If it's a bad feeling, you probably need to explore who Jesus is a little more because he's kind and he's loving. 
Do you recognize him as your coach? And do you know how to look for those come and have breakfast moments in the world? Because they're really beautiful. Thanks for listening. We're going to sing together. And um, you guys are going to have fun for the rest of the night. <laughs>